today I have a very, very special guest. It's my wife, Corinne. Yay! Say hello, Corinne. Hello. Now, I knew this day would come. I knew the day would come when Corinne would be our special guest, and all the guy fandits out there would be like, whoa, she sounds hot. And you're right. She is a hot wife. But hands off, gentlemen. My wife is mine and mine alone. Isn't that right, Corinne? (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) I begrudgingly accept. So, we have... Before we get into the album and uh, our little uh, goof on the album for this week, like we've been doing for the first few episodes, we're going to talk about big things in our life. I've had, we've had four guests on the show so far. And if you've been listening, typically what we do is we spend five or 10 minutes kind of talking about, you know, depending on the guest, the things we might have in common or maybe sometimes we'll just talk about what was going on in that particular guest's life, usually musically, uh, before uh, before we got together for that episode. And <laughs> my wife and I, as you might guess, have a lot that we <laughs> in common that we uh, have going on right now. And probably the biggest thing we have going on right now is sleeping in one of the bedrooms of our house right now. We have a nine-month-old baby who, if you'll remember, or if you listened, interrupted a little bit for episode three with Brad Kneekamp from the Coldwater Community Picnic. But we all had fun with it. But now she's asleep. She's sleeping through the night. Yes. Which is a joy. And it gives us the opportunity. My wife bullied me into this. We're sitting here watching television, and she's like, can't we record the podcast now? And I'm like, I'm not ready, honey. I'm not prepared. And she's like, let's do it now. That's kind of how it happened, right? Yeah, I never want to do this. <laughs> and now it's like now or never. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is more like you saw the opportunity for yourself to enjoy this. Yes. Okay. Pretty much I was like, for some reason, I'm in the mood. Okay, well, good. I'm glad we seized the opportunity. I will say I was really excited when I told you the idea that we were going to do this podcast. And, and we saw some interest from fans and people who wanted to talk about some of these albums. And you, you got pretty excited right away. Me? And you were like, yeah. Oh. And you, w- we'll let the cat out of the bag early. We're going to talk about Tragic Kingdom from No Doubt. And you were like, ooh, I want to do Tragic Kingdom. Immediately. I so knew. you were excited, which made me excited. So let's, um, let's talk about this baby. <sighs> yes. I'll let you talk about the baby. The most adorable little thing in the world. Which we don't have any other people here right now. So no one can say, well, no, that's not really true. You're the parents. You just think that. Well, we say that and we admit that, that we're probably just biased. But guess what? We are proven time and time and again, this child is adorable. (laughs) Maybe we'll post a picture on the Wet Bandits page. Or a video of her babbles. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We won't spend this episode just talking about the baby, but she is, she is like objectively pretty cute. Maybe not the cutest of all time. Like we still see babies out there and we're like, oh, that's a cute baby. That might be cuter than our baby. But then we're like, wait, no. Yeah. Then we think about it and maybe not. Mm -hmm. So anyway, objectively, potentially the cutest baby. But we're not just going to talk about how cute the baby is. We are going to talk about the musical upbringing of this child, which is very important to us. Maybe me more so than you. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I feel like... 
let me let me rephrase. How important is it for us to I don't want to say push, but obviously this baby doesn't know how to work a CD player or a radio. So how important is it for us to expose her to certain songs, bands, whatever types of music? May is it possible that maybe she doesn't need to expose to that at all? Is it possible that if it were if if we were able to you know, have her in a bubble, a soundproof bubble until she was 13. And then you're like, okay, you're off into the world. And, and then she got exposed to music. Do you think she'd still like be interested in it? Can you go through most of your life kind of just passively hearing music and then appreciate it? Or do you have to, cause I, my parents had us listening to music all the time. Right. And and I think you did too. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine was more in the car. I mean, obviously, it was always... Yeah, me too. You know, you're driving around, you listen to music and stuff. But I distinctly remember different family members having their own niche, like their own type of music that they liked. And to this day, I always appreciate... So I like always appreciate the... Is there an issue? Curran's watching me check the signal here. You you might need to put the mic closer to your mouth. Yeah. Is that better? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was, I think it's not so much that she has to grow up as an infant listening to music, but I definitely think that music, the classic, great rock and roll type of music is getting lost. I see young kids probably have no idea who half of the music like musicians are that we grew up with. And I just think that's important. I don't want a kid to only know what 2000s plus music is. Yeah, um that's that's an interesting thought cuz cuz I don't know I don't know if that's actually if that's true, I, I mean, it is true. It is true. When I was teaching high school, I, I, when kids didn't know who Nirvana was, like it blew me away. But, but were we like that and we just don't realize it? Were, were there bunches of bands that my parents listened to that like we didn't know? We just, we just knew the ones that they exposed us to. There were probably maybe not hundreds, but probably lot dozens of other bands that they listened to growing up that we have no idea about. Does that Mm -hmm. make us kind of what we think we're worried she would become? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I mean, obviously you're probably going to expose your child to like the top 20 artists of a certain decade. You know, there's going to be lost bands and musicians, like groups out there that, you know, maybe only had two hits and we never heard of them. But I don't know. I just think there's something that's valuable about learning kind of the transitional process of music and how it used to sound versus now, especially now because it's all electronic. Sure, sure. But we're not going to teach her that now. We're no, not going to. We're not expo- going to. But I do think that you learn to like a certain style of music. Yeah. If you're exposed to it when you're younger. Okay. That's probably true. That's probably true. I I would be curious what the psychology is of that. 
because there has to be some. There has to be some. I don't know that you can call it nostalgia if you're not aware of it. I think nostalgia implies that you you revisit something after the fact and you're reminded of that. And I don't know that this is exactly what we're talking about. Because yeah. we're talking about playing music for her before she's one year old and growing to like that. That's not nostalgia. But what is this psychological, like... Uh, well, well, I don't know what that's called. I mean, just humans in general like music. You know, I think right. that's that's normal. Right, but what I'm saying is, do they like um, what you play for them early? Why is that what they continue to like? You know, right? I mean, yeah. and maybe it's not. Maybe that that's just something I assume and isn't actually true. But assuming it is true, what are we going to force upon this baby? We've already been working a little bit. You mostly. No, I would disagree. Yeah? I mean We forced some Beatles on her. Beatles, temptations. Yeah, I forced I forced temptations on her The first C D. The first C D we listened to at home. We listened to the best of the temptations. Which was I think a good choice. Mm -hmm. Like not obvious, but still like very important. Don't you agree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um the first song she listened to, do you remember? The first song we listened to on the drive home. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Peter, Paul, and Mary's Leaving on a Jet Plane. I'm leaving on a jet plane. I don't know when I'll be back again. Oh, babe, I hate to go. Yeah. Which I, I really struggled with what the first song was going to be. And I don't know. I, Do you regret that decision? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, in fact, what I was going to say was that in the back of my mind, I kind of, I, I knew, I don't want to say I knew like it had to be Peter, Paul, and Mary, but. but I knew you wanted it to be pretty. Something pretty. I wanted pretty. it to be pretty, and I can't think of much prettier. It was more the song than the band that I was unsure of, but. I listened to those that like 10 years of Peter, Paul, and Mary and whatever. And just by my memory, leaving on a jet plane is a little too sad and maybe a little too obvious. But I listened to it and I'm like, God, that song's good. Yeah, it like so, makes you want to cry. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so that was her first song. We've been listening to Beatles. We've been listening to Temptations. Made her listen to a little Roy Orbison. Oh, um, nice. You know, I feel like... If I'm in the car, it's usually more my current music, but I usually listen to talk radio anyway because I'm tired of listening to music. Yeah. And then I don't know if you have her listening to stuff in the car. I mean, I'll turn on the radio, but it's more for me. Or like yeah. CDs, but yeah. Right. So we're not really actively well, getting her we, into anything we're right slowly. now. slowly. It's more about like you're making dinner. She's sitting in the high chair in the kitchen mm -hmm. with you. You can you can put on the speaker and put on some music. What's funny is that she clearly loves music already, mm -hmm. and that's not something we're making up. But we'll watch, mostly I, we'll watch Portlandia over and over and over again on Netflix, which on Netflix, you know, it only lasts 22 minutes or something between each episode. And whenever that theme song comes on, it doesn't matter what she's doing. She's turning around and looking at that TV. She or loves the that theme yeah, song. Or the Office or theme the song. Or the Office theme song. So she clearly likes music or is at least 
intrigued by it mm-hmm. you know and maybe it, it's just a matter of hearing something different you know music is clearly different than conversation so maybe she's just distracted but i don't think that's it because it holds her attention for the entire time yeah and she so loves dancing she loves dancing and she loves it when you sing like a per- when a person sings yeah she loves she's kind of mesmerized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so we're trying to get her into it she's um you know she saw you once She's seen me play once. She brought her baby headphones. Ba- oh, gosh. So her sound wasn't Just too loud. Just squishing her soft skull. <laughs> giant <laughs> muffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cute, though. Yeah. It was cute. So um, hopefully, I don't, you know, hopefully there are more opportunities, I guess, for her to come see dad play. Outdoor. You know, outdoor. Summer. Right. Summer gigs. Not bars, but... Um, it was fun to have her there. Yeah. It was fun to, yeah. Yeah, she did well for the first 40 minutes. Yeah, and then she pooped her pants And or then something. she pooped her pants, right, and we didn't have a diaper, her. and mm-hmm. it was an emergency. Yeah, didn't have a diaper. That's poor planning. Yeah. Bad parenting. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> with that, I think that's enough on our baby. If if the audience hasn't fallen asleep, we'll we'll start talking about Tragic Kingdom now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Of course you're ready because you forced me to do this. Yeah, don't forget. My wife has less experience on the microphone than me. So sometimes we have to remind our guests to, they kind of have to hold the mic close. This is a little, actually a little PSA for anyone. You know, there probably some of you, it's getting into wedding season. You might be giving a speech, like a best man speech. You have to hold the mic closer (laughs) than you think. Okay? No one, there's a reason no one can ever hear anyone. It's because at those speeches, they... You have called people out on that before. Yeah, because it's it's a simple thing that zero people <laughs> are comfortable with. And it's just because they they don't know. But it's like they don't believe you also. Like the guy in the band who's like, you know, doing the music for the wedding, he'll be like, hold the mic up to your face. <laughs> and they're like... Okay. <laughs> and and but it's, the it's most like no no literally put your lips on the mic. It's, it's okay. It's the most annoying thing in the audience yeah. to only hear every fifth word. Yeah. It's like just I rather not hear any of it. Don't give me this yeah, 20% don't make me sit here and listen. 20% and then based on context clues have try to figure out what the hell you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, it almost sounded like you said hell there. This is a swear-friendly zone. Okay, because I was going to say hell, and I, right. I switched it to heck You can last say second. hell. Probably no F-words, though. Yeah, But S-word, fair game. Damn. Okay, so Damn's y- always fair. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of like a late-night, kind of high-channel cable. This is like 11 p.m. Yeah, like in the 200s okay. channels, okay. you know, where that kind of stuff can fly. Okay, so on to shitty Tragic Kingdom. Just kidding, it's not oh, that. I just wanted to say the rough. S word. I just want. <laughs> so um, Tragic Kingdom. If you're not familiar, you were under a rock in the early '90s because this album was like gigantic. Um, it sold something like 16 million copies worldwide. That is not an official number. It's just it's it's close, um, and. It had to be the the biggest album, or one of the biggest albums of 95. There were quite a few albums that kind of came around uh, that same time that I'm not, you know, I didn't do enough research because you rushed me into this. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> there, um, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish comes to mind. I think Cracked Review was like 94, and that, that album sold more than this, and 
you know, I don't know if they were competing in the same year. But the point is, this album sold a ten. It was in it was on the top ten in the Billboard charts for a really long time, and revisiting it, I have to say, I own this album since I saw. It's really weird. We've done this will be the fifth episode. We've already covered a Goo Goo Dolls album and a Bush album, and now No Doubt. And I saw all three of those bands at the same show that I mentioned in episode three. It was Bush headlining, Goo Goo Dolls opened for them, and No Doubt opened for them. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, and No Doubt, no one knew who they were. And I'm only retelling this story to you because you probably don't realize it, but the listeners of episode three know this already. Like, No Doubt, no one knew who they were. And Just a Girl had come out, and for some reason I'd seen the video. So I was familiar with them, but again, the audience didn't. This is like one of those bands that you you tolerate. Until right, the bands you're just you like, came, all right, we'll right. try to be respectful, right. but let's go. And I would say in some ways, No Doubt became the most famous of all of them. Goo Goo Dolls has had some real staying power. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, maybe 95 to 2000, 2000 maybe early 2000s no doubt was the most famous of all of those as as bush kind of fell off the map so i've owned this album for a long time and i swear i might never have listened to the whole thing wow i just never really liked it yeah um being being a guy who's really into heavy guitars and stuff that isn't really what this is Mm -hmm. but I'll let you you talk about it a little bit. Talk about why you want you were so eager to go over well, it. Well, I would just wow! I can't believe you never listened to possibly the entire. Thing. Yeah, I'm saying I might not have, but so I, certainly I was didn't the remember. opposite. I don't really remember the exact moment I discovered the album. I just I think my brother had it. He's five years older than me, and I think I saw it and I saw the maybe just a girl video, and I was like, whoa what is this? This is different. This is new. And I think he was playing it a lot. So then I like heard it a couple of times and I was the person in sixth grade that when I bought the album, literally listened to the album on repeat every single day, shut myself in my room, just played the album. I thought you said shit yourself in your room. (laughs) No, I did not. I did not (laughs) shit myself in my room, but I would sit in my room and God knows who what, what else I would do in there. I don't even remember. But I'd have this on repeat over and over and over again. And I just, it was just so different. I had never heard anything like it. And the thing that's really funny about No Doubt in this album is it's like borderline awkward. Like it's almost Please like. Please elaborate. Yes. It's like, is it cool to like this band in this album? Or is it slightly cheeseball and weird? And other oh, I can answer that. You can answer Option that? Option two. Option two. <laughs> yeah. It's a little weird and it's a little off the wall. And it's a little like you kind of like a guilty pleasure almost. I don't know. It's I've always felt that way about the band. But at, at the same time, I didn't really care because I really liked them. It's, it, that's really, really interesting. I think the way you put that. Because, because I do find it... Hmm. I find it, I was actually going to say lame. You said awkward, I think was the word you used, but I was going to say lame. But the more I listened, because I listened to this a few times through in prep for this, and 
I will say I have to give them at least some credit for, like you said, it is different. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Did not do that on purpose. It, it's definitely different. But I, I also think that because you kind of you kind of said that maybe maybe liking them was a little bit. What was the word you used? Um. I don't know, awkward? No, after that. I said it's a little, it's a little cheese, but oh, it's like a guilty pleasure. Yes, I, that's the one. So you said it was like a guilty pleasure, which I, I disagree with that part because I, I feel like a guilty pleasure is something that it can't be this weird and be a guilty pleasure because guilty pleasure kind of implies that, y- y- I don't I don't know. Well, I don't know me, why. I feel, I, I think like soap operas are guilty pleasures. I guess guilty pleasures maybe seem to be things that you're embarrassed to like because they're anti-intellectual. And I don't find this anti-intellectual. I don't find it stupid. I find it just weird. Yeah. But I kind of think, well, I define guilty pleasure as, yeah, something you like, but you're almost kind of like afraid to say that out loud to other people. That's true. That's just a little embarrassed. That that definition is just as good. And that's, I would say it's a good example. I mean, I'm proud that I like No Doubt, but I, I I would say that out of all their albums, this is one of the better albums. And it's I kinda, would hope so. Well, I know, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, I think they have such a strong following. To say they've been successful compared to the other groups for this long, it's like, well, you look at the other albums, I mean, the true fans will buy every album of theirs. Yeah. But when you listen to the albums, you're like, oh, God, this is not that great. Like, well, there's yeah. maybe a song. And that's, that's true. Kind of, so maybe yeah. you're looking at this from a perspective that I don't have because I obviously wasn't buying their other albums. And I don't really want to get into those. But how are they? What One was like Return to Saturn or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, I had most of Big them. Big mistake for Gwen to get braces. Like get the Invisalign or something <laughs> for Pete's sake. Back then. It might hey, not have, but she not, was rich by then. That's true. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I liked the albums, but they were all like this, like all kind of weird. Like Weird's cool. Weird is, I mean, yeah, like I liked were them. Were they weird like they were different from Tragic Kingdom? Or were they yes. weird like they were different from, they were just like Tragic Kingdom, but that was still different from everything I remember. Else. I remember getting them and thinking, where the heck is the... No doubt, like the band that I fell in love with. Okay. Because they weren't ska anymore. Okay. They were going away from ska. And I mean, every album was different. I still liked them. I still liked most of the songs on the albums. But I was still always just like reaching for them to like return to the ska. Reaching for ska. Yeah. I was like, go back to the brass. Go back to the trumpets. Go back to the. Yeah. Okay. Instead, they evolved with the times. But we're still always a little on the weird side. You know, I will say. And, okay, this is turning into a nice little album analysis because you can help me here. One of the thoughts I had while listening to this was I questioned whether this is actually Ska because I think Ska has always had this sort of like nebulous definition where people think they know what it means, but they really don't. And I was one of those people. I just assumed that Ska was sort of like punk-ish music that had horns in it and no doubt falls into that category there happened to be horns on some of these but that's about all i would say horns are very rarely an integral part 
of any of these songs. They seem to be thrown in there so that there can be horns sometimes. And that doesn't seem like ska to me. That seems like, oh, ska's popular. Because if you remember, like Mighty Mighty Boss Tones were... Yeah, but I, don't I know if they one hit. Well, they were around for a long time before mm-hmm. they had one hit. And then I don't know if No Doubt, like No Doubt Getting Famous brought Mighty Mighty Boss Tones forward or vice versa. But there was that short time where ska was like a thing people liked. And it just kind of seemed while I was listening to this and it's 20 some years later. So I can't analyze this accurately, but I wondered to myself, are these horns thrown in so that this can be called ska? Cause it didn't very often seem organic, you know? Oh, see, I disagree. Well, I guess I never, you really know thought, better than I well, do. Well, no, I mean, I, I guess I never really, th- I've never once heard a part in there that I'm like, Oh, they just threw that in there. But I also, like, for me... I need to make a mental note that you just said that and bring it up later. What? Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Well, I just have to say that I didn't give a crap what the definition of their music was. Sure, yeah. They clearly are not defined by... Which, by the way, I think is a better way to be than my way. Yeah. All I knew was this was something different I had never heard before. And I have to say, when I saw Gwen Stefani in the band, I was like whoa what the hell is she wearing i've never seen clothes like that this girl kicks ass like these guys are cool and the one thing i have to say too about no doubt that i think attracted me was that most punky like bands seemed like a bunch of stupid rebel kids just bouncing off the walls thinking they're super cool and they're so immature really and they're just annoying yeah. little kids yeah but for some reason when i saw no doubt i was like this is actually like grown adults. Like these are actually pretty mature, like laid back, cool people. But yet they still have this kind of like edgy music I've never heard before. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just different. And it, it attracted me to them. I can get on board with your analysis of No Doubt. I like that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, they're just like mature. It doesn't make me like them anymore, but I appreciate your okay. opinion on that. So let, let's start talking about the songs because yeah. that way we can, we'll probably an, end up analyzing their sound a little more as we go through. But the f- what we always do on this show once we start rolling through the songs is we each have to pick our, f- our favorite song from the album, our least favorite song from the album, and the hidden gem, which everyone loves. The hidden gem is, for those of you who haven't listened before, the Hidden Gem is the best song on the album that was not released as a single. So, without further ado, we always let the guest go first so I don't steal their thunder. Corinne, what's your favorite song on this album? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I was not prepared after all. I forgot about this question, even though it's the most obvious. But um, What your favorite song is? You're yeah, really I was just thinking. Do you thinking want to do least favorite first? No, and no, then no, no. Okay. No, no. Okay. So, I mean, just as a quick review I would say spiderwebs spiderwebs was just like my favorite of all times it was just good it was different it was good the music video was pretty cool I like yeah, I just liked it. Okay. Anything else? No. Okay. <laughs> you just liked it. That's, yeah. That's fine. Um, I think the best song on the album is clearly Don't Speak. Don't speak. 
Probably lots of people like Don't Speak. It was I don't I don't know that it was the most famous from the album. I feel like it was in the longest rotation on MTV. I think it's definitely number one or two. And and probably I think part of that is it's their biggest crossover. It's the least ska mm. on the whole album. And the ska is the part I like least about No Doubt. It I would say it's stood the test of time the longest. Yeah. You could still turn on our local, you know contemporary station and don't speak might come on Mm -hmm. that's true i agree with that yeah i definitely think that that's probably the number one just a girl was probably it was their first hit i think but yeah it was and that's my second favorite and is the second least ska if there is a thing Mm -hmm. yeah so if there was a song that i wanted the wet bandits to cover it would be don't speak and then just a girl yeah that makes sense um so those are definitely it's not even a contest for me. So what's your least favorite? Um, okay, so this is interesting. So back when I was little, listening to the album, by far, hands down, skipped it every time. I hated the climb. Really? Okay, well, hold up. Let me, let me describe this. So the climb, I just didn't, I, I re-listened to this. I'm going to play a little bit for the climb. Of the climb okay. for the listeners here for yeah don't not not the whole sixty six minutes plus version. <laughs> <laughs> So that's just a little clip from The Climb, for those of you who don't remember. But anyway, go on. Yes. So back in the day, I always skipped that song. But I think it's more because now that I listen to it now. That was a funny joke you made about how the song's really long. It is. It's over six minutes in length. 6.37. It's the marathon. And I could not get through six seconds of that song when I was little. I think I just didn't have the patience for it. I didn't really appreciate slow songs, but for some reason I liked Don't Speak. But, um... Yeah, so I'd skipped it every time. Okay, so now when I look back and I listen to it, The Climb is actually not a bad song. I kind of like it, Yeah, actually. it's actually not a bad song. So lyrically, it's pretty good. It's just kind of more of a ballad, um, but it's not bad by any means. So then I went back through and I was like, what song is really just not needed? And there are a few, I will say. I had to pick between a couple, but I would say World Go Round. Boring as hell. Nothing happens. It's just kind of monotone. It just kind of like all one note. And it's just anticlimactic. It's not needed. That's funny. Yeah. So that's a terrible song. No, you're, I, I wouldn't call it terrible. Well, I mean, there's ranges. I would not say any song on there is just god awful. Yeah. But, um,. But that song does not do anything for the record. It doesn't need to be there. Sure. I would gladly skip it. Sure. It could be erased from copies of the album and I would not miss it. Okay. So 
again, I, uh, full disclosure, I would have liked to have a little more time to listen through this a little bit, but my least favorite is really hard for me, and it's not because there are so many good ones. <laughs> Don't Speak and, and Just a Girl are so much better than the rest of these for me um, that, that it, it's kind of hard for me to tease out out of like five or six songs, which one I think is actually the worst. There's a couple. I I mean, I agree. There's a couple I don't like. But I think, I think it's, this might blow your mind. I think my least favorite song is Excuse Me, Mister. Now My it was gosh. it was mind really blown. Th- now another reason this is mind blowing and kind of says a lot about my feelings about the album overall is that I think for a little bit it was also my third favorite. But <laughs> it's frankly it's one of the most catchy songs. Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm walking around the house yeah, yeah. and a no doubt song pops in my head it very well could be excuse me mister because you know the ca- chorus is catchy, you know. But, you know, like I said, it was really hard for me to pick one that was my least favorite. And if I had to think of a reason, I basically just tried to find something, the one that I thought was the stupidest. And the little, like, and I'm going to play it right here. Um, All I can, I'll just preface this little music clip with, you've got a song for a little bit, and then, like, a circus car pulls up and a bunch of clowns get out. And this is what it sounds like. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) you can imagine, (laughs) I hope I painted a nice picture there, but you know, the bridge of the song is, has, like no attachment for me to the rest of the song. I don't know, uh, but I—I I mean, I will say that I would describe it as chaotic, but it is super catchy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the chorus is catchy, but it kind of coming out of coming out of that bridge, and we didn't play the whole thing, but. Can you hear it in your head? Like, you got... And, <laughs> and she's like, I'm tied to the track. <laughs> and, you know, she's doing her Gwen Stefani thing. Rescue me. Yeah. Well, that's not, that's not the chorus. But that's the bridge. Oh, yeah, right. And that's the part that I think is stupid. Oh, yeah. But it comes out of that, and it just hits this, like, yeah. low, like, boom, boom, boom. Give me boom, more boom, time. Boom, boom, boom. That part is super cool. And it almost makes that stupid bridge worth it. But the bridge is so stupid, I just can't get over it. Ah, uh, see, I don't know. It doesn't bother me at all. I just think that. Okay, well, let me go back. It just sounds like <laughs> it sounds like the circus came to town. Well, I would say there's a lot of moments in their songs that it sounds like a circus. Not as bad as that. It that doesn't bother me. Feels so tacked on to me. It doesn't bother me. I don't know. I well, I would say one song that bothers me and like it actually 
makes me this is so interesting because i've always liked the song wait maybe we should wait because what if we should talk about hidden gems and then you can add that later but this is tacking on to bad is it a song we haven't mentioned yet yes don't please fine let's do your hidden gem um so my favorite non-single well it was wait hold on a second because I need, just for the listeners, listeners might not realize how many of these songs were singles, because I sure didn't. Oh. Did you review what of these are singles? No, but I kind of have a feeling. Okay, well, here we go. Just a Girl. Just a Girl, a little Spiderwebs, Don't Speak. Excuse me, mister. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think that's it? Wrong. Happy now? Was a single. What? I know. I Mind blown. Now, the sixth one, part of me was like, oh, I think I like Sunday Morning. I think yes. that might be a hidden gem. Yes. Released as a single. Can't choose Sunday morning. Okay. And hey, you. Also a single. Wow. So there were seven singles off this album. I am shocked. Out of 15. So we only have eight to choose from. And some suck. (laughs) <laughs> or not as good, I should say. <laughs> so okay, well, to be honest, this was a last-minute decision. I picked, excuse me, Mister, but since that's a single, that's okay. I'll go back to the two. Sunday morning was another one I was debating between, but that's a single. Correct. So the only answer left by process of elimination is uh-huh. sixteen. Nice. Yeah, it's got a great opening beat. That's the only reason that song's cool. And I had a feeling you're gonna say that. Oh, I I don't think that's my pick. It's very close to my pick, but it does have the coolest riff. We'll mm-hmm. play it right here. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I don't know. It, that's that's a cool song, and it's short and sweet, mm-hmm. and it's pretty. It actually like kind of rocks. Yeah. Not, it's not just a girl, but it kind of rocks. I kind of like the lyrics too. Yeah. Some of the lyrics. Um, before I was listening to this, I'm sorry. I feel like I shortened your time to talk about sixteen. No, Do you have no. Anything else to say? I really about don't it? have much to say. It's pretty simple and straightforward. It's it super is. catchy. Has mm-hmm. a good little beat to it. Yeah. Um, like you said, short and sweet. So I 
when I was listening to this, you know, thinking ahead, like what's going to be my hidden gem before I knew what all the singles were, I was struggling with 16 and happy now. And Hey, you not cause any of them were really, really great, but they all had like cool little licks and Hey, you and happy now both have cool little licks, but obviously two of them became, you know, were, were singles. And I think 16, is probably tied with the other one, but I just can't get this one out of my head. <laughs> you can do it. It's <laughs> like, what? sounds like a porno. <laughs> it sounds like a porn song, <laughs> right? It's, but it's, but also like a disco song. Right. It, it, I actually thought of you when it was playing. I was like, oh, this is kind of like a 70s, 60s, 70s funk. Yeah. It, right. Exactly. It's kind of funky, mm. which that song that song to me is truly risky to put on this album. Totally. You know, like they knew they were not, you know, you know what it sounds, it reminds me a lot and we'll play a little bit of it here. So that song, now that we've heard it, that it reminds me of uh, Boogie Oogie Oogie. You <laughs> yeah, know, a little yeah. bit. Like I can hear Gwen yeah. Stefani thinking she is a member of Taste of Honey. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. she, that's what that song reminds me of. The begin, But the guitars at the beginning, it's like, oh, this is Debbie Does Dallas. And then I'm like, oh, no, this is Boogie Oogie Oogie. Okay. Boogie <laughs> Oogie Oogie. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. that's what it reminds it's got me a of. Flair. So, and and I just think, you know, whether the ska elements of this album were totally what the band was into, or whether it was a producer who was like, "You got this stuff's gonna catch on. You guys should do it." Mm-hmm. That part, it it this a- song being on the album makes me feel like okay, these people were doing kind of what they wanted to do. Because I just can't imagine a producer was like, oh, yeah, put this disco song on right, the album, Right, just throw too. that random thing on there. Right. Yeah. So respect, for no doubt, for putting that song on there. It's a little funky, a, a lot disco-y, mm-hmm. a little X-rated sounding. I was going to say. No, not not actual any. material, but. Right. Now, well, I guess we can't really branch off. No, but, no. Well, what what you were, I, the reason I cut you off earlier in least favorite songs is because I didn't want, I didn't want you to say, Oh, and you can do it sucks. I was hoping I'd bring it up and you'd be like, what? That's terrible. Yeah. But if, was that what you no, were saying? Okay. I was not. What was what your I was other? What I was going to say was, and before when I listened to this a million times, I never, it was, it's catchy enough to like, sometimes you know how when the song is really catchy, you just catch yourself singing it. Yeah. And you don't really think too much of it. Cause you're just like, Oh, this jam's cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, then I was listening to it today and I was like, Ugh. 
the lyrics are terrible. <laughs> like the song itself, the beat, whatever, it's fine. Different people. The yeah. lyrics are terrible. They're yeah. so cheesy. And just so I'm not a fan of like really like literal lyrics. Okay. I mean, they don't have to be super far fetched, like artistic, yeah, like no hidden time. meanings, but mm-hmm. it's very like we're two different people becoming one. Like it's yeah. just very like too much. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. I get what you're saying there. Do you want to play a little of it? Yeah. So different, yeah. So the same. Two so that's what Corinne was talking about. And and I see I do know what you're saying. And it, like it's like I said, it fits in the bottom six songs like <laughs> a bunch of other ones that almost was my least favorite song right that's true but but it, but there was something redeeming about it like i was like okay this one's yeah i mean it used to be one of my top four or five. Oh, okay but then just like thinking more about the lyrics i'm like ugh, mm-hmm. like why yeah i'll be curious on the facebook and the twitter um wet bandits band are the handles for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that, to hear what people have to say just about this album because I don't know that it's aged that well. Like, I don't know that a lot of people are pulling this out, and Ska did not age well. Like, that died a horrible death as far as pop music goes. So I'm curious if people still pull this out and are like, oh, God, remember Tragic yeah. Kingdom. I imagine they're just kind of into, like, this two cup, two or three singles that they loved. Yeah. But, but I remember tough guys that I went to school with being like, oh my, Tragic Kingdom rules, man. Yeah, but like, like do you okay. think also, do you think it's just because everyone thought Gwen was hot and the girls thought she was kick ass? That was ass? definitely part of it. Right. But that's okay. Right, and I think it's okay like, too. I mean, that's what initially attracted me probably to the album. But then it's just so catchy. So, I mean, I don't know. I will say that another thing I like about Gwen Stefani is that she and, and I could I could be up a creek on this but I always got the sense about her that she she was pretty authentic yeah you know she like she doesn't seem to care to be somebody she's not going to mold herself like she's just yeah she seems very down to earth and 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 she did really have her own sound like that weird vibrato thing she does yes. all the time with her voice which is like when you hear it you're kind of like cringe a little like oh that's a little uh-huh. weird and awkward but she's like so confident when she does it that's right. kind of like oh i respect right. her like that um i don't know i think she's had a lot of imitators since since she got famous mm. And and I don't, and what, what I kind of like about wh- her career trajectory, where she's become like a solo artist, and is like a coach on the voice, like she's not a fabulous singer, right? She's not Kelly Clarkson. She's not. She's not technically exactly like, but she's a good performer, right? Know? And she obviously markets herself well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just you know. I think she she's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Without knowing l- anything else about her, she just comes off as authentic to me. Especially for all. someone who was born and raised in California. Yeah. What well, What does that have to do with it? It just means that they're typically inflated 
Like their personalities. <laughs> they tend to think not like not to insult our California fans. No, but you know, like they kind of think like. There's definitely. I lived in California for a very short time, and it is not the same as the Midwest. Is what I would say. Right. It's it definitely not, different. People. People are different, and that not better or worse. Just it's a little different. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk just a l- before we get into the last thing we want to do. Uh, just a little no doubt history lesson. The, a lot of these songs are written, or at least co-written by oh. Gwen's brother. Mm-hmm. Do you know the little the story about Gwen's brother? I feel like I knew something. He was an animator for The Simpsons and Ren and Stimpy. Oh. So this is a talented guy. He actually wrote some of the songs by himself, like lyrics and music. And he, the reason he's not in the band is because, and this kind of speaks, this is why I'm bringing it up, is because... I said earlier that um, that you can do it sounds like the band imposing their will on producers. Mm-hmm. Like that song sounds like it doesn't belong on the album. But the reason Eric Stefani apparently quit the band is because he didn't like the band handing over creative control to producers. So that would kind of imply that producers had a lot of input. And I think in big mass market albums, Producers probably always have a lot of input. I can mm-hmm. hear it in my favorite bands even, but I don't know. That throws a just a like hint, a little cloud over our discussion here. Is how you know is is this album really no doubt's perfect expression of what they wanted to be, or are they a little bit of a you know a recording studio creation right. i don't know either way it doesn't really matter it's pretty right. different it from anything else that i have so yeah and it's i just think it's interesting because it was different back then it's different back it's different now like it is different now i got that is true there, there's nothing like it I mean, yeah yeah i agree i agree i mean pe- people who are fans of ska like all eight of them they might disagree. They might say like "Mighty Mighty Boss Tones" are the real deal. Well, again, though, I don't, I don't look at this as like you. It has to be defined in these tight definitions. Yeah. Stuff. Like I don't give a crap what it is. Yeah. They might not even. I don't even know. Does no doubt call themselves a ska band? I think they. Well, I, I mean, don't not know. probably not today. If they were no. still a band, because yeah. they're definitely not. But well, in what blew my mind too is like their first album before this. Oh, they they actually had two. Oh, did they have two? Mm-hmm. Okay, all I know. There's a self-titled and one called like Beacon Street or something. Like okay, that. Yeah. I don't. One might have been an EP, and they might have been way more by definition ska. So, did you own one of these? I um, did not. Oh, but you said it blew your mind. What blew your mind? Well, about I just it? remember seeing like a song clip from the CD before this one, and it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like I think it might fit more of the definition of ska. Oh, okay. But just very. That's interesting. Like maybe the producers actually had to tell them to back off a little. Yeah, bit. maybe they had to be like, let's just you know take it down and maybe that's why the horns seem tacked on. Pop to me it sometimes. in a little bit, make huh. it a little bit more poppy. Well, I wish that was a question we could know the answer to, but we probably won't. Yeah, it's something about it was a song like something about in a box. Man in the box. I don't know. That's Allison Chains. I was gonna that's say no. I think it's just something like. A box. There were no horns on Man in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> Not very ska. <laughs> but okay. that, yeah, yeah. So, 
anyone who was plugged into pop culture around the time this album came out is probably aware that this album was the backdrop of a rough breakup between oh. Gwen and bass player so Tony. Sad. Really sad. So I feel like every time Kurt Loder came on, Kurt <laughs> and it, or whoever, yeah, came on and was talking about a new, no doubt single. It was like, and this one's about the rough breakup between bass player Tony Canal and Gwen Stefani, lead singer. And so it, you know, there were every single song on here is scrutinized as is it about them or whatever. So and. We we like to always assume to a- yes. Ask. <laughs> I was gonna say we like to always ask like an interesting question, sort of related to the album that's not specifically about the songs. So this got us thinking: what is the best? And I, once we started looking into this, this is a question we're gonna have to ask again to other guests because this is a fun question to ask: what's the best musical couple of all times? Do you want to go first? No. Do you have one? I mean, kind of. What if it's the same one I have? It won't be. Okay. You go first. All right. Well, I don't really know a lot of music. I mean, of course, I know Sonny and Cher. But, like, I mean, come on. I mean, come on what? I mean. That's my choice, Sonny and Cher. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Looks like I'll go first. My choice is Sonny and Cher. (laughs) And here's why. Because... Sonny Bono is a little, he looks like a used car salesman. Definitely And Cher was like the bomb. (laughs) Like Cher in her time, at least my impression of what people thought of Cher was that Cher was like hot stuff. Like check out that beautiful, I don't know. Specimen. Specimen married to that. Bill Paxton character from <laughs> True Lies. Can you do an impression? No, of I share because I know you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Not on command. But th- just the fact that Sonny Bono is like the least rock star, music star, and not a singer. That's He's not a good singer. That's what I was just gonna say. Did he have other songs besides "I Got You, Babe"? I don't know. I, I don't. Know. Ha- I don't See, have that's their why best it's like, of. He might be a. He might have sung that song, but I didn't know it, that he was really a singer. You know, it, that's true. I, I'm going to show my musical ignorance. I don't actually know. But I think it counts. Oh, I mean, yeah. And I, I, I count. But yeah, he can't sing. That's the other part of it. I'm, I'm, I know it's not good to speak of the dead. Rest in peace, Sonny. But not attractive not a good singer the least rock star rock star of all time and he <laughs> married this who woman who at the time was objectively hot yeah and a star yeah so way to go sunny and share okay yeah i respect that choice thank you so i up oh, catfight in the house sorry fans so i didn't really know a lot of couples to choose Cause it's always like, okay, you have a really famous singer, and they're dating someone that's kind of famous, or like an actor. But um, I actually read this in the biography of Madonna, which blew my mind. 
And we, we decided that they could have dated for like a week and that would have counted. Yeah, that counts. So apparently Madonna had a short-lived relationship with no other than Michael Jackson. Oh, no way. Yes. Yes. Okay. The most odd couple in the world. But apparently she said something about like how she tried to like make out with him and stuff and he was just kind of like not into it or it was too much. Okay. So I don't know. But it just seems very awkward. It just seems very awkward. The most sexual woman in the world. With the least sexual man. With the least sexual childlike man. And I just couldn't get over it. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess that's a good answer. I mean, you found two people that weren't alike. But they did. But they were the most really powerful. Couple. They dated. They oh, dated. They did? Yes. This oh, she I made it sound like they actually dated for like a week. So you <laughs> So And you said a week counted. So wait, the counts. <laughs> but let's think about this for a second. So these are two adults who He's sort <laughs> super of super adult. famous adults. Yes. Who were like King of Pop, Queen of Pop. Who didn't like they were going out like they said to each other. Let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. And that lasted a week. I mean, I don't know. She made it sound like... And you like mean to tell me Madonna, yeah. the most sexual woman on the planet... Was attracted to Michael Jackson? just dated Michael Jackson for a week and just l- didn't make a move? No, she did. Yeah, after a week? What? I'm saying like... I just feel like Madonna's relationships don't start with a date. They start. This is a horrible thing of me to say about Madonna. I guess I just felt like Madonna maybe was more of a let the sparks fly first. Well, okay. So it might have been more of like a one night stand attempt. That's kind of what I'm if saying. If that's what you're saying. Sort of. Yeah, maybe. I can't remember now. Maybe it was like, a t- I don't know. I got the impression it was either one or two nights at least. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess that counts then. Okay, yeah, it's a musical pairing. If, if anyone you will. out there can confirm or deny, I'll have to read a former relationship check out the between book from Madonna the and Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, that would be pretty good. That would be pretty damn good. That's insane. Imagine yeah. that. I don't think I could think of it. Who? Would, you know what? We've got a little more time. Who? What would that be the equivalent to today? Like a Michael Jackson and Madonna. Like a Clay Aiken. And Clay Aiken <laughs> is not remote. I mean, in musical power, oh, like power. fame, not almost gayness. Oh, okay. or ambiguous gayness. If right. we're talking, ah, uh, who's powerful right now? Well, I don't know. I'm kind of asking. I I mean, I guess you could almost say it's happened. It's Jay Z and Beyonce. Oh, maybe. Yeah, but they're from. Yeah, I guess so. The problem is that no musician is as big or maybe ever will be as big as Michael Jackson was. Mm-mm. And and Madonna, there will probably be another, frankly, another musician period that's as famous as she was just as a woman. You know what I mean? Like M- Michael Jackson was more famous than Madonna, but I don't know that another musician will ever be as famous as Madonna was. Right. I mean, you could. I mean, people would argue Britney Spears. Yeah, but she's not famous anymore. Like Britney Spears probably almost got there. Yeah, Britney Spears is probably the next closest. And she had a long stand, pretty long standing. Uh-huh. Yeah, but then it's there like, was a time when Britney could do no wrong. <sighs> it didn't last that long. 
it lost it lasted longer than I thought it would. Yeah. She kind of had a little bit of a comeback after the meltdown and the shaving the head. Yeah, thing. but it was never real. It's never it was the never same. the same. No. And once you pop out those kids, it's just not yeah. quite the same. I still like Britney though. But then you, people could argue like Celine Dion, like, oh, she's still really famous, like in a Yeah, she's famous with old people though. Yeah, she's, she's not like, like a legend, actual but she's pop not. fame. And there are young people who like her, but it's what you said. She's a legend. She's not currently like driving people wild famous but honestly madonna's kind of like no doubt where it's like she was super famous like in the 80s 90s but then she got a little awkward like the music that she produced in the last 10 years is like i secretly love as like a guilty pleasure but like i know most people don't love her albums see i actually think you're kind of you might be a little off bait i think there's more fans like you than you think it's possible I I, think I just feel like there's those people that are just like fans for life, no matter what shit album they produce. Oh yeah, as long as there's one good single on the album. Yeah, that's they'll, true. They'll get it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think there will ever. I don't. I don't think we can think of a modern equivalent to a Madonna, Michael Jackson relationship. Mm-mm. I mean, cause think how many years and how many singles they produced. It's not even that for me. It it's just it's the it's the amount of anticipation a new album from them would mean. Yeah. It's not it's not just their career like what they did in their career, but when a new Michael Jackson album they were was just idolized. Come out, yes. Um so I just don't think there will ever and it's it's partly because music is so available from your home. It's not as much of an event anymore. Like we talked about how we would like go to media play yeah. on, when a new album media would come play. out. Like you would, that'll never happen again. That's true. We would rush to the store the Tuesday it would come mm-hmm. out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you try to rip off that stupid little tape on the side as fast as you could without breaking the, you know, case yeah. apart. Yeah. yeah. Those were the days. Those were the days. But I hated that little s- No one like that circle no. sticker that was clear. And it was on the edge, and you had to like peel it, get it. Off. You know what I'm talking. Oh about. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, not not a circle, but like a beveled. So you were supposed to be able to peel it easier. Well, that. But then there was sometimes also a circle. Oh. On top of it. I don't remember. And that. you had to sit there with your thumbnail and try to yeah. get it off. God, this is a good ending to this episode. Yeah, we're we're drifting. Anyway, so that was that was our no doubt slash best music couples. Uh, certainly send us your thoughts. Wet Bandits Band is the handles for everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're in the Columbus area, check out our band shows calendar, either on Facebook, but it's a better bet to check us out on our website, wetbanditsband.com. Honey, my wife, Corinne, thank you for being, for guesting for the first time on the show. Do you think you'll ever do this again? I don't know. I mean, if people you really like, hated you it. You didn't like it? No, I did. I liked it. Okay. I just don't know what the fans will like. They'll oh, probably they'll say, like, episode three was the worst. No, this is... <laughs> sorry, Brad. This is episode five. Oh, yeah. Episode <laughs> five. Sorry. See? Yeah. No, I don't think they'll say this is the worst. Well, that's good. I mean, I can't say for sure. Right. Well, but I, mean, I don't want to insult w- any of the previous guests either, but... Yeah. But, I mean, if the fans like it, then... 
Yeah, I'll do it You'll again. You'll come back for them? Yeah. Okay. Just for you guys. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, again, this is this is Mike. That's Korean. Thanks for listening. Get wet.